<laughs> so episode 19 just doesn't exist. Yeah. At least It's like the uh the 13th floor on elevators where it just doesn't exist. Yeah. So from now on we just won't have an episode 19 or at least we won't introduce one. This is an associates. We are not CEOs. We are associates. That's what we are. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of And Associates. This is episode 20, and I'm one of your hosts, Preston Everlin, along with. Your favorite host, Carson. (laughs) (laughs) With that, let's go ahead and roll into our corrections if we could, Carson, because my (laughs) emphatic uh, nature of stating that this is episode 20 is, um, well, it has to do with one of our corrections. So, Carson, would you like to take that one? (laughs) (laughs) So, last week was actually episode 19, and I mislabeled, (laughs) I may or may not have mislabeled something. And it may or may not be my fault. No, it's not. It's not. The, the, <laughs> here's, the, here's the issue, folks. The issue is we are very organized in that, one, we have, like, a whole tracking form where we track all our episodes. But also, we, like, have folders for each individual episode. Well, it just so happened that this past week I was actually ahead of the game and had made episode 19's folder ahead of time. So Carson saw that and thought that that was for last week. And so she made episode <laughs> 20 because she thought she was being, you know, she was she was making the one for that episode. So it was, it was really just the fact that, like, we were so ahead of the game that we were, like, too, we were too prepared is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, I, once once I was I went to or we went to post it. We were like, "Oh wait, this is nineteen. Whoops!" So it's labeled correctly. It's just not introduced correctly. And we weren't gonna edit that and post because we figured, you know, that could be a fun little correction that someone could have corrected us about. <laughs> but nobody did. Shame on you. <laughs> Shame on all of you. Shame a pox on your homes. Um. <laughs> anything else Carson with your correction um I noticed that we have new ratings on Apple on Apple podcasts so I'm super excited about that I love (laughs) all of our listeners thank you guys (laughs) yes thank you all and um other than the episode snafu I have no corrections um to make uh, at least that I can remember, or that I wrote out. So, <laughs> with that, Carson, <laughs> shall we go into our weekly wrangle? Would you play us in, please? I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, doodly do. Here they are all standing in a row. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, much appreciated. Um, with that, we will be talking about environmentalism, um, and what you can do about it, but also we're going to be talking about arguments for it, arguments against it. So, uh, Carson is kind of the expert on environmental issues in terms of, uh, she has been an advocate for it much longer than I, (laughs) so, um, out of the two of us, she's the expert, so I decided to take the devil's advocate role and, um, 
uh, argue um, the other side of some of the some of the issues in terms of environmentalism. And so we're just going to go through and talk about it. And Carson, I'll let you kind of lead the ship in terms of uh, this discussion, and then I'll I'll refute some things, if that works. Sure. Um, okay, so first up, I guess we'll talk about composting, um, which is something that's hard to do when you live, like, in an apartment and in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, one thing is trying to find like a company that does the basically like outsourcing your compost, um, which is helpful, I guess, um, if you have the extra money to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're in like a more rural area or have your own home, like you might be able to do it on your own. And it seems like pretty simple. I'm still learning a lot about it. Um, But part of it is like, so what you do and don't put in, right? Um, And so you put in like scraps from like vegetable, like if you peel your vegetables or whatever, Mm -hmm. all those can go in the compost, your eggshells, Usually your coffee grounds can go in, but not like your coffee filter. Mm. Um, No like meats or anything can go in um, and no animal feces. Um, But the idea is like it, it creates like this enriched soil. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then the question is too, like what they do with the, what the company does with the compost once it's like ready to be used. Um, but anyway, um, I, I go to the farmer's market and drop my compost off there, um, which has been problematic during, um, a pandemic because Mm -hmm. the farmer's market's kind of closed down for a while and we're struggling to figure out ways to operate. But, um, if you just, if you put your scraps in, like if you're doing it on your own, you put your scraps in and um you have like holes in it so that it gets a lot of moisture and air and then a lot of people have sort of like rolling bins and you like roll it to sort of mix it up or you have to like physically do the work with a rake or a shovel which is hard i've also done that it's very hard work um but yeah so that's like the first that's the first thing i think that you can look at doing Mm -hmm. um Because food waste is a huge problem and it adds, so the benefit of composting is that you're taking out of the landfills. That's the whole goal. That's my whole goal right now is minimizing what I'm putting in landfills. So I think about that in everything that I consume and do. So in in thinking about that in food, that looks like composting. Um, What do you you have to say about that? Um, So in terms of uh, everything you said, you kind of basically laid out all the issues with it, which are that <laughs> if you don't... You're like, you argued against yourself, you dumb bitch. <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> dummy. Dummy, 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 uh, Just like a woman to sh- put her own foot in her mouth. <laughs> Shoe in her foot. I don't know. Um, but in terms of, I mean, you you said it. It's, it's, it's uh, hard to do if you don't have land. Um, if you want to, you then have to find a company, which not everyone can afford. And also, Mm -hmm. here's the thing, Carson, when you're taking it to the farmer's market, how are you taking it? 
Are you, is this like an argument, like me using my car? You're using a car, Carson. My, I used to, I used to walk or ride my bike to the farmers market, but then I fell in love with that farmers market. So now I drive my car because I moved too far away from it. <laughs> it's a whole thing. So now you drive even farther to compost. Um, also, you really expect me to take my coffee grounds out of my filter after they've been used to put them in the composting thing, and then what? where do I put my filter? Just in the trash? You really can't just dump it out? Is it hard? <laughs> <laughs> also, who uses filters still anyway? Like, get a reusable thing and quit using filters. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm so aggressive when it comes to like eco-friendly things I'm like I don't keep paper products in my house anymore just like I don't yeah well I mean you don't really have to and plus in terms of talking about cost effective to use reusable things you're automatically saving money that way I mean now I'm arguing your argument but in terms of (laughs) like plastic bags and stuff you can get reusable bags to that are good that hold whatever you would normally hold in plastic bags and then you can just wash them um it's Mm -hmm. literally what i use uh because yeah i don't have paper plates or anything or plastic plastic bags anymore because i don't i don't need them but that being said carson you know what i have to use to wash them water (laughs) water so anyway um um that is why your composting is stupid but also can you let me know uh where you do that because i want to get some uh, information yeah yeah so um i i was gonna let you in on a little secret i use the compost exchange um and they operate out of athens i think but they have um they have programs up here in the Columbus area and they have ones actually that are by neighborhood. So if you got a, a few people in your complex to sign up to do the compost, bring, um, a couple bring. of you went together, it's, it's less expensive and they'll come pick it up. So then you're not driving to the farmer's market. Um, so it gets rid of that argument for you. <laughs> um, but it brings down the price too, which is, which is good. It's fairly affordable as well. But yeah, the compost exchange is um, the company that I use. Um, and I think that they do a pretty good job at um, just providing the service to people in the city. Well, thank you, Carson. I think I've won that argument. So next one. okay um okay this is a new thing that i learned about um on tiktok and so i don't know very much about it but um it's called plastic brick bottling i guess and have you heard of this no okay so you if you if you drink if you accidentally drink out of a plastic water bottle (laughs) shame on you but (laughs) what you can do is you keep it and then you cut up like any if you eat like fruit snacks like i do or granola bars or 
um, bread or bagels or anything like that that has some sort of like plastic bag or wrapper, you cut those up into little pieces and shove them into the plastic bottle and you have to do it until it's way over full such that it makes basically like a plastic brick um, because it's so full, like it won't um, indent or anything. Mm -hmm. And then people in turn use that as like part of a structure or um, so some people have used it while building um, like benches or um, little sort of hut areas and things like that. I mean, it's pretty um, primitive, I guess, kind of building, mm -hmm. but a really neat idea. And uh, so anyway, I'm trying to make one right now just because I'm like, well, what else do I do with these plastic scraps anyway? Like, mm -hmm. I don't really eat bread. Um, but I do eat bagels, so I frequently have, like, those bagel bags, mm -hmm. and I do eat, like, hella fruit snacks because I'm six years old. <laughs> um, so just things like that, and, and so if you can't do that, you don't want to do that, still you can keep those wrappers and not cut them up, because I know a lot of these things that I choose to do are time-consuming, so you can keep those wrappers in whatever your choice of storage container is and take them to REI and drop them off and they have like a, a place where you drop them off and I think they send them or do it in conjunction with Subaru. I have no idea what they do with all these but <laughs> they take them off your hands and make you feel good Helpful. about not just throwing them in the <laughs> landfill. <laughs> What if they just take it and put it in the landfill? <laughs> <laughs> they have like... <laughs> REI is secretly like this landfill company. Yeah. And they're just like massively profiting both like on both ends of the spectrum. They're just like raking in the money. They're this just mm -hmm. extreme capitalistic <laughs> organization. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Um, so anything about, I know I kind of went two different ways there, but plastic brick bottling or, and, or like wrappers. I think, um, in terms of arguments against it's, uh, you said it again, it's time consuming and, um, the idea that I would then have to bring it to another place just takes my time, takes my car, my gas. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't. Again, you're, you're just arguing against yourself. It's fine. I'll let you continue on. <laughs> so I think, okay, um, I have this, like, inherent need to address counter-arguments that law school has, like, slapped into my brain. <laughs> that my, like, legal writing professors were like, what about the other side? What Think about the other side. You have to argue against that. And so I'm already, like, I'm like, you might think this, but... <laughs> um you're like well, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 making you useless well also like okay so you have these plastic brick bottles who's gonna live in that who's living in those huts so i would um but where you, apparently where you i'm putting a weirdo it? where are you putting it my sister has graciously offered <laughs> me part of her land so i think you could argue that like it might be good for like 
dog houses and stuff or like small <laughs> you know like small things that like aren't what people are living yeah in. or yeah. I, I mean again you this is me trying to find issues with your argument or um it would also be a good resource in just other countries that aren't you know living in apartment buildings and stuff like um shithole countries <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! Yes, our, our dear president, what we would call shithole countries. Um, but it's just another form of of uh, building things and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that's that. Okay. Um, next thing I think is something that. Maybe people, so it's more trendy, so maybe people would get more on board with that because it's, like, trendy or fun to do instead of just, like, purely environmental. So that's going to be my argument for, like, for it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like, come on, it's fun. Everyone's doing it. Um, But going to farmer's markets and or growing your own produce, so, like, supporting local um, farmers and um, getting your produce from local growers is far more sustainable than like somebody growing something in Florida and shipping it all the way up to central Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, when you're thinking about like the the gas used to transport it or anything along those lines, if you're just looking at, you know, local sustainable food, um, farmers markets are great for that but also just very fun so you go if you've never been to a farmer's market usually they're on weekends like Saturdays or Sunday mornings um and you can go pre-COVID it was like a fun thing to do and like try samples and meet people and just be out and about in your community and supporting one another and could find new like coffees and breads and um just sort of fun treats like that. Um, so so that's what I'm trying to... Because I know that not everybody is getting on board with this, like, eco-friendly... I live a certain life, and people are not on board with that. Like, I, I don't think I'm as extreme as some people, but um, I definitely take it to another level sometimes. So... Yeah. Um, I'm pushing for the trend here over just the sheer environmental benefits. Yeah. Well, I think farmers markets and stuff are and growing your own produce and, and would would work for a certain class of people. But you talk about the affordability of produce and produce is one of the least affordable options for lower income individuals. And so, if, if I'm a lower income individual, I'm not going to go to a farmer's market because farmer's markets, I've been to them. I've seen them firsthand. Those are not cheap. They're... I'm so glad you brought this up. So many farmer's markets actually accept um, SNAP benefits. So um, if you are at the level of income where you're receiving benefits to help afford food 
And sometimes they even like double that. They'll give you like tokens for your SNAP benefits and and to encourage and entice people to go to farmers markets and do that. They'll say, you know, for uh, $10 of your SNAP benefits, you'll get like 20 tokens. Um, so I think that, oh, Ooh, I just walked right one. into that one. Good job. <laughs> that was a nice little counter argument. Um, okay, next. I like um, farmers okay, markets so... though. I like I like I like the trendy nature of it. I think it's an easy way to um, counter some of the, uh, uh, you know, qualms with other issues and stuff. But yeah, okay, I, I can get behind that one. Yeah, and farmers markets typically depends on which one you're going to, but a lot of them will have some sort of like fun thing going on for kids and or live music Mm -hmm. um so it really is just like a fun like saturday morning activity um for the fam so okay so my next thing is this is sort of an offbeat topic but there are a lot of novels and books about like dystopian futures and a lot of predictions about like the demise of earth (laughs) which is really depressing um and i contribute to that like to be honest sometimes i joke about the earth just like imploding um (laughs) so so there's that but there's this idea of um there's like this been this artistic movement for like an eco-friendly utopian future and people have started doing art and concepts and designs based around that and I think it's just really and I don't even know if I'm like arguing for anything here with this (laughs) but other than like I just think it's really happy and um an alternative viewpoint instead of like looking at the earth as like doom and gloom and everything's going to die anyway and like why should we care about future generations or grandchildren etc when you can look at like the positive side and say like look at all these possibilities for like um just designing things where plants are so involved in the architecture basically that our world is so much happier and can breathe easier um and isn't like in the middle of having like a massive heart attack Mm -hmm. (laughs) um that i don't know i just really like the idea of that and just thinking about it just changing your perspective and thinking about it differently nice um i mean i don't really have an argument against that i mean i i can i can surely come up with one (laughs) um which would just be that you're looking at the future and a lot of people look at the here and now and what's the point of even looking at the future? And so that's what a lot of people who don't either understand or don't care about environmentalism would say, you know, they're worried about here right now. How am I going to afford to take care of the house that I have with the plants that I have in my, by my house? I don't, why, why would I have to worry about this eco-friendly utopia? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. That's a it's valid. <laughs> I just I um I I get what you're saying. Um 
And for me, it's about viewing things in a positive light and seeing things differently than what we're used to, I guess, um, instead of just... Basically, I'm thinking of, like, in the Disney movie Meet the Robinsons, where the evil guy takes over, like, the hat takes over, and the future is, like, really bleak and dark and gray and just nasty. That's what our, that's what everyone is, like, predicting our future to be, but I, I want to predict it to be, like, bright and shiny and bubbly and happy. (laughs) I'm manifesting, I'm manifesting the earth healing. (laughs) Good, good. Um, so we'll see if it happens nice <laughs> i'm sure all right next up <laughs> next you're you're on my side now <laughs> yeah you've, you've won me over <laughs> with the meet the robins robinson's reference i was like i didn't get okay. it but now i do <laughs> <laughs> i just have to put it in disney terms sometimes like that's it yep all right, all right. Um, next up, let's do transportation. Okay. So I think that one thing in the Midwest that's big is driving a car and multi-car families um, because of urban sprawl and or just like general rural areas. So sometimes it's really not practical for someone to not have a car or not drive their car. For example, rural Ohio. Um, Sometimes you have to drive 30 minutes just to get to the Walmart in the town, the one Walmart. Um, (laughs) So, so in those situations, it's like, what, you know, what are my alternatives? Like, obviously, I have to drive my car, I can't like ride my bike on an interstate um, for 30 miles. Um, With your cart of so, uh, vegetables behind you that you're selling at the farmer's market. <laughs> exactly. You're not, like, you don't have to go to that extreme. And that's also, like, I will say, like, you don't, any of these things that I'm, like, talking about or um, mentioning, like, some of them are sort of um, obscure topics but I'll also go through like really common things at the end that you can do but I would suggest I'll, I'll just pause here for a second and take like stock in what we're talking about I would suggest just trying one thing like just try one thing and then if you can keep that thing and keep going with that thing then you can do one more thing and it's something it's like a way that you can contribute to um well the betterment of society really um and the earth and i both thank you for your (laughs) efforts (laughs) so um so okay so back into transportation though um when you're in like a rural area what i would suggest is carpooling Um, I think that that is one way to combat, like, the usage of a car. And then, of course, just only, like, planning out your errands and or driving, like, when you have to. So if you go to work, you go into town to go to work, then also, like, stop at the store on your way home and then go home instead of, like, going to work, going home, 
going back to the store, going back home. Um, that way you can kind of minimize the amount of um, carbon dioxide you're putting into the atmosphere. Also, if you're in an area that has public transportation, um, pandemic uh, makes this a little questionable, but um, I would suggest using public transportation. So a lot of metropolitan areas have large like subway systems or railways or what have you trains and those are good um <laughs> those are great to use because it's like okay we're like 30 people all going to the same place we're gonna get there in one vehicle um and so that's beneficial um but also like little less um urban areas have will have like busing systems that's pretty common um so if you can use the busing system same kind of concept same kind of idea just a a group of people deciding to um carpool together in the same vehicle without like really knowing each other um or you can carpool with someone you do know um which i think is awesome i think cities should implement like hov lanes so that people are incentivized to carpool and then if you're in like a really like downtown area or like city area um, I would I would say as much as you can ride your bike and or walk places. Um, my goal is to get rid of my car and not have a car <laughs> anymore. Um, so check back in with me sometime <laughs> in the next five years. See where I am on that. Um, but I try to ride my bike and walk as much as possible. And I'm, I don't, I'm not perfect. I don't do it all the time. And as it gets colder, like it's definitely harder to convince myself. Um, but I, I do it pretty consistently. And I think a lot of these things too, I think came from like the values of my family. So I grew up and my family always recycled. Um, we always tried to like reduce, reuse, recycle, and just live sustainably. And my dad rode his bike to work every day um, or almost every day or walked. Um, so I just grew up around these things. But I do think there are things that you can choose to implement in your life. So, Well, so the issue behind this one is the whole premise of why we would be carpooling or going on public transportation which is this carbon dioxide in the in the atmosphere which supposes that man has something to do with the world's temperature rising um and let me just tell you carson that this is just a cycle and we're just in the upward spin of that spike of that cycle and so there's no reason for man to change what they are doing um in terms of our transportation or anything why would i give up my individual rights my individual freedoms of driving my own car for something that doesn't affect anything at all okay so um <laughs> i think that <laughs> what <clears throat> what you've brought up is really interesting because most other countries are not as into like this 
everybody having their own car kind of thing like we are and it, it is very strange how much we are like oh this is like my individual like liberty of like I have a car it's like this sense of freedom and like you turn 16 it's the sweet 16 and you it's maybe it's get a car. the 29th amendment Carson thou shall have their own car <laughs> Are you trying Wait, to... Wait, what's the 28th Amendment? Don't worry about that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that's funny. Um, okay, so, and you said that um, the cyclical thing, okay, so I think that what we have seen are global temperatures um, falling into certain patterns. However, what we're experiencing now and what we're observing now, well, scientists rather, not like we collective, um, (laughs) is a much more severe, um, I guess, quote unquote cycle, but it's it's not really um, cyclical at this point because the, there's this whole concept of like the temperature, the average temperature rising by however many like centigrade um and i think that um what we need to be concerned with is not like the global or the historical pattern but rather like what we're seeing what what scientists are telling us and that's that um it's becoming very dangerous at this point because it keeps rising and as it keeps as the temperature keeps rising what we're going to see is more severe um, fires, more severe hurricanes, um, all of these like natural disasters. And it just, it's going to be like that meme, like where everything's on fire and you're holding a coffee mug and you're like, this is fine. Everything is fine. Um, And ultimately, honestly, if I'm being like very perfectly honest here, um, what I've read and my understanding is that Earth will heal herself eventually. It may be that we end up killing ourselves as a human <laughs> species and dying like off of the planet um, because of what we're doing, the way that we're treating our very, very beautiful planet. Um, but if we if we disappear then it science suggests that the earth potentially will heal herself so um that's my that's my most like hopeful thing about this is that i think like we're so fortunate to live somewhere that's so pretty um and just awe inspiring all the time that i would never want to do anything to hurt it um, and just I'm always so worried about what's happening. But um, just knowing that there's the possibility that it'll heal <laughs> once we kill ourselves. <laughs> it brings me joy. <laughs> That's good, Carson. So the, now, what, the, now, now what you're saying, Carson, is that all environmentalists want all humans to die? So that the earth can heal itself? Is that what you've just said? Because that's what you just said. Now answer the question. Answer the question. (laughs) Not, hashtag not all environmentalists. (laughs) Who who am I being right now? Who am I being? See, she didn't answer the question. Who who am I? Who am I? I'm speaking. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> is there a fly on my head? Um, <laughs> but no, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's, I, it, it just makes sense. And the, the main issue in terms of uh, transportation is really the way that our cities are currently made up. Um, if you look at European cities, certain ones um, have made it so that they are not car friendly. And they purposely did that so that people would get rid of their cars, so that people would walk everywhere or ride bikes everywhere. Go to Amsterdam or Rotterdam in the Netherlands, the amount of bikes, Christ, because mm-hmm. everyone rides yeah. a bike. Everyone. Yeah. Even um, even like the prime minister. Yeah. Um, so anyway, transportation. I like her. <laughs> Can you imagine POTUS riding a bike? No, he can't. He would break it. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to I want to flip for a second and argue um, against it. And because I think transportation is a, a big one. Um and I think it would fall into like reusable bags as well, which we've mentioned briefly um, and just a few other things. But I think a general argument that people um, push is why should I like what kind of a difference am I making as an individual? Why should I care when corporations are like these, you know, big, like massive entities and like they should contribute and if they change the way they operate, um, then it would be a lot, uh, it would make a much bigger impact. And to that, I'm kind of like, uh, fuck yeah, but like society has to care about it and push them for it to happen. You can't sit there like nonchalantly just being like, well, what difference does it make if I do it? Like you have to, we have to hold them accountable and we hold them accountable by in one way by showing them that like we collectively care and we're working on this and the other way is by like you know not supporting them generally but like people are like well why should i care and then they also are like walking in walmart and getting like plastic bags and buying their groceries and i'm not saying like that like i'm no no judgment like if if you're going to walmart or whatever but i'm just saying like that's that's the whole cycle of all of this. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, and and I don't think that you're just going to care about F- all of these issues overnight. Like, um, so just, uh, I'm giving you a lot of options here. So just pick one, please. Well, I think um, here's the thing is you're giving a lot of options, but in terms of these options, there's... There, there, there are ones that are much easier to do and much harder to do. Like, let's be very mm-hmm. clear. Getting your produce at a farmer's market is much easier than completely getting rid of your car. <laughs> <laughs> Composting is much easier than completely getting rid of your car. Like, th- th- there are... Yeah. Th- there are... Um, there are definitely pros and cons of each one, but, like, some of these are... are are relatively easy to do and I think you just you choose the easiest one to get you started just to you know get your feet wet see how you feel Uh, definitely and let me let me flip back right to arguing for these environmental side like the environmentalism and um, whatever Um, so riding your bike driving a car public transportation on this topic Um, 
the other thing is, so you said it's really hard. It's, that's, a, that's one of the more difficult ones that we've talked about so far. Um, and I will ag- agree with you. Like that is really difficult and that's a whole life change and life commitment. But here's what you can do. Maybe once a month, take the bus instead of your car or ride your bike instead of your car. Just start putting that into your life a little bit. And that's enough to get you. You don't have to go hog wild, drop everything, and just become this tree-hugging hippie like overnight. Mm -hmm. Um, This has been a 27-year process for me. So, um, yeah, you don't, even the, even the very difficult ones, like you don't have to necessarily view that as this insurmountable mountain. Um, you can see, um, it as just taking like tiny steps toward a better world. Mm -hmm. Um, so the next thing, and this one is like one of the biggest so the the last three topics that we're talking about are some of the biggest things that you can do to help the environment. Um, so one is like driving your car less or not having a car. Um, this next one is, uh, I there have been some articles that I've read that have supported the fact that this is the hands down biggest thing you can do to help the environment and not like, and, and reduce your carbon footprint. And that is not having children. <gasps> um <laughs> So that is a life choice, um, and it's not for everyone. But um, the the same way that so like you know some people want to have kids and some people don't, and either side is fine. But if you're on the fence, um, I would say lean towards not having children <laughs> because it's more environmentally friendly. Um, and that's what I mean. That's what I've got to say. Like that's I feel like that's the position I have to take. Um, because, but if I'm not going to sit there and tell you, like, if you're, if you're having children, if you have children, if you really want to have children, like any of these things, like, I'm not going to tell you, like, don't have kids or kids are the devil. Um, cause I love kids. I absolutely adore them. Like I have nieces and nephews. Um, I love kids. Um, and I think that they're, they're our future and they're, they're probably 95% of the reason why we should care about the environment and the earth is because they're the, going to be the ones that inherit a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're getting this. So they're going to grow up and be like, why is everything on fire? <laughs> why, why is half of Florida uh, in the ocean? <laughs> uh, um, so anyway, um, the, the thing with not having kids, I think, is just... Can, you'll be consuming less um, and just everything goes down. Less um, waste, less um, transportation, all of these things when you don't have children. So that's what lowers your carbon footprint. You heard it here, folks. Carson wants you sterilized. Oh my God, no. Don't you dare say that. Don't you ever say that. I am a firm believer in reproductive rights. Oh my God. Um, but if you want to choose to not have children, you may do that for the environment. And some ways I think you can have children without having children are 
I mean, there's always fostering. There's always adopting. There are multiple children who have been born in 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 places and in s- situations and scenarios um, where they they need a loving home and, and and family. And I think that your your seed does not need to be <laughs> be the sole determinant for having children. The thirtieth amendment: Thou shalt <laughs> sow thy own seed. I, I I do I love that and I appreciate that um, and I also have been like working through and processing some of that because it's come to my attention that there's a lot of trauma surrounding um, adoption and foster care um, so I'm still trying to work through the ethics of that um, but that's a whole nother issue the way that our child welfare system is set up um, so but I I do appreciate the point that you're making there, um, that there are children who, um, are already in existence. Um, and then you can raise them as like little granola babies who like love the earth. Um, (laughs) and just, just want to take care of it so much. Or you can raise them to drive F one fifties and do other bad things for the environment i don't know i can't i couldn't think of anything off <laughs> it's like a three-year-old driving a hummer like smoking a cigarette yeah. <laughs> and, and like throwing trash out yeah. the window just like, getting a bunch of plastic and just throwing it everywhere <laughs> <laughs> oh yes those are well those are you know child rearing is is uh, left to the parent mostly so what's your third up to thing, you guys Carson. hit me I want your third All right. and your third biggest, hardest thing. It is being a vegetarian. So between the amount of water and land and transportation involved in curating meat, especially in the United States, um, there is just a lot of CO2 surrounding the meat industry. And so one of the best things that you can do is for the environment is say no meat, um, no mas. Um, so I am a vegetarian and I did it solely for environmental reasons. And I've been a vegetarian for, um, gosh, what's it been like four years now? And, um, I, I don't think I'll ever go back because I, um, honestly, like sometimes like it just, it just, it really breaks my heart, like the state of the world and our earth. And, um, I want to leave this world knowing that I did everything I could personally to protect the earth, um, because I love it so much. (laughs) So, Carson, you don't want me to eat any chicken, any steak anymore. You don't want me to have steak with my red wine? Is that what you're telling me? So a lot of people, I think, take a lot of issue with this because they do they do like steak. They do be liking steak. <laughs> they do be eating chicken. Yeah, what am I supposed to eat when I'm watching football if I can't have chicken wings? 
there are a lot of honestly there are a lot of really good alternatives and I've actually made cauliflower like buffalo wings which are really good um and there are also things like I've not made them yet but carrot carrot dogs like carrot hot dogs I have made carrot bacon honestly I thought it was pretty good I'm not gonna lie but I think a lot of people who like love bacon would be like this is disgusting um so there are a lot of alternatives it's like if you are really gonna miss that thing or that texture or that taste there are things that you can supplement like and put in your diet and still experience that although after a certain amount of time, I promise you, you really won't miss it that much. Like it'll just kind of leave your mind in your life. Um, but to the same end, right? This is another one of those like difficult things. It's a lifestyle choice. It's a lifestyle change. Where I started on this was, um, honestly, I think I started with meatless Mondays. So one day a week, I didn't eat meat. Mm. I really don't think that that's too difficult or too much to ask so i think people could do meatless mondays and you could even like brag about it on instagram and do hashtag meatless mondays and let everybody know that you're doing it and um praise you for it Mm -hmm. um and but then from there like i expanded that and so i didn't eat any meat during the entire week monday through friday and i only ate meat on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday. Um, and then it, I found out pretty quickly that I w- just wasn't eating meat because, um, you know, if I w- already wasn't eating it Monday through Friday, I mostly just didn't consume it on Saturday or Sunday either. So I just gave it up completely. Um, so I think there are things, there are ways that you can do that without um, getting rid of it completely. Um, but still making an impact. And the other thing is like, just note like sourcing where your meat is from. So there's a difference between like going out and hunting a deer, like an overpopulated area and finding like an old deer that's like, you know, there's this whole like scope of hunting and like acceptable hunting. I don't know how much you know about hunting, but I know a lot (laughs) because... (laughs) My brother, my brothers-in-law love to talk about hunting. So um, there's like this whole concept that like if you go out and you kill, you want to kill like an older deer and you can tell just by looking at them like how old they are um, because you don't want to like impact the herd too much and you want to make sure that it's like an overpopulated area so that you're not like dwindling the population or, you know, harming the environment, honestly. And a lot of... And that's, I think this could be a plea or um, uh, an argument toward hunters like, and people in rural areas, like you should be environmentalists because you want the habitats of like the animals that you're trying to hunt to still exist. And you want these animals to still exist. And they're not gonna exist if our environment keeps dwindling. Um, So you have to take care of like the earth holistically. So anyway, um, there's a difference between going out and like hunting a deer and um, butchering that and eating that meat um, and then like buying something that's been, you know, sent from China, like chicken from China or like, you know, cow, 
meat from California or something all the way in Ohio. So I think no, like just knowing your meat source and that kind of pulls back into the farmer's market too, because there are a lot of local farmers who do um, meat. They sell like eggs and meat and things like that um, that you can find at your local farmer's market. And I think that's a more sustainable way to consume meat than um, just buying like whatever you find at the grocery store. And then the other thing is too, like the different kinds of meat. So just depending, it, and it kind of depends on like where you're getting it from mm-hmm. and how they're farmed. But like typically chickens is, chicken is better than like steak um, just because of the way that chickens are farmed versus like cows. Um, so just like looking into those things and being aware of those things and making, you know, little tiny changes in your life, like little by little. I'm not by any means suggesting that you do all of these things or all like all encompassing, like all at once. Just like if you think that vegetarian is like meatless Mondays is something you want to do, you just try that like once a week. And that's, I don't think that's too much to ask. Okay. So elevator pitch, environmentalism, 15 seconds. Why should anyone either care or what what would the first steps be for them to do? 15 seconds. Go. Your first steps, I think, are cutting out grocery store plastic bags as much as you can, just using a reusable bag when you go into the store and then not beating yourself up about it when you forget them in your trunk because we all do that. But um, if you do use like those plastic bags, then finding a place to source them. Um, There are a lot of places where you can take them back in or you can reuse them in different ways. Um, So just thinking, just starting small and thinking sustainably. So I'll I'll say that. Start small, think sustainably. There's the 15 seconds. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So it doesn't matter what you do first. It's that just getting that mindset of thinking small and uh, thinking sustainably. Well, thank you, Carson. Thank you for going through some of the items and answering some of the uh, uh, refutes and rebutes to uh, the things that you said. Are you ready for the walking and talking section? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, we'll keep it relatively short because environmentalism took some time. So, um, Carson, what are you reading, listening to, watching? Um, well, I'm not really doing much. Um, I'm reading The Body Keeps the Score, but I might not finish that because no one told me that it's a very traumatic book. Um, like, so many people have recommended it and said, like, read it, but it's, like, chapter one, rape! Oh, um, And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot, um, but we'll see if I finish it. Um, I've started working on puzzles again, which I love and think are super fun. Doing a 1,000 piece Norman Rockwell um, painting puzzle. So that's awesome. Also, I just wanted to mention that on October 10th was World Mental Health Day and Law Student Mental Health Day. So I made sure to get outside this weekend because that's my meditative space. So I went hiking um, multiple times this weekend. It was awesome. And also October 11th was National Coming Out Day. So I wanted to make sure to mention that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Carson. And um, so this past weekend was the final of the French Open, which typically happens like in May, June, but because of everything that happened, it got pushed back. And um, actually, along with the mental health, I wanted to mention the woman uh, who won this year, Iga Schrantek from Poland. She's a 19-year-old. It was uh, her first Grand Slam. But the reason, um, well, the reason she won was because she played amazing. But she also is one of the only um, players who travels with a uh, sports psychologist. And ironically, oh. or maybe not ironically, but yesterday or on October 10th on Mental Health World Mental Health Day was the day that she won and it was also her sports psychologist's <laughs> birthday so I think uh, that's just a big push for mental health because a lot of yeah I mean a lot of athletes will get sports psychologists now it's becoming more more uh, acceptable and everything but um there's at least I've never I've never heard of that sports sports psychology yeah oh I have no idea what you're talking about oh so I mean it's it's something that I, I think started like in the 90s and stuff and this is probably completely wrong but anyway the the reason I wanted to bring it up was most people who get sports psychologists will get them either later in their career or after like a traumatic loss or something and she seems to have had this sports psychologist, or she didn't seem to. She's had this person um, who also, she, she um, trains like, or is the psychologist for like rowers and stuff. But she, um, uh, Iga, or Schrantek, um, has had her since she was 17. So it's it's just one of those things that like, from a young age, she's, she's accepted. And it's mainly just like, grounding grounding things that uh get her through to um to focusing and and one thing people i mean i think i've talked about on the podcast here before but one thing about tennis is it's a very mental game um Mm -hmm. and so but that being said a lot of sports use uh psychologists now because it's 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 just seen as as another uh, way of uh, of noting and I think one other item to note with the French Open because I would be remiss in not mentioning that Nadal won it for the 13th time which to win a Grand Slam once is a big deal uh, and to win one 13 times is ridiculous and now he is um, level with Roger Federer for the most Grand Slams in the Open era uh, at 20 so they both have 20 and um so they are tied um drama yeah but Feder um definitely like him and nadal are or at least seem like like besties whereas um the third the third wheel in that story of the big three the big tennis three in the men's side of novak djokovic who nadal played um is at 17 so he is but he also mm. is the youngest and is might come up on them anyway so that's the french open um just wanted to mention that i started to rewatch Shit's creek and it is a funny ass show and everyone should watch it um but yeah that's all i really wanted to talk about for walking and talking carson you want to talk about our um non-profit for the day yes um okay so 
This week is HRC, um, not Hillary Rodham Clinton. <laughs> um, it's Human Rights Campaign. And their um, mission is by inspiring and engaging individuals and communities, the Human Rights Campaign strives to end discrimination against LGBTQ people and realize a world that achieves fundamental fairness and equality for all. HRC envisions a world where lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people are ensured equality and embraced as full members of society at home, at work, and in every community. And I wanted to highlight them because um, National Coming Out Day was October 11th, so. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Carson. And I know they also um, took a stance after the Orlando nightclub shooting um, against gun violence as well. So they've kind of also shifted their work there because after marriage equality um, happened with the Supreme Court, with Obergefell, um, one of their major... Our work here is done. <laughs> yeah, they were basically like, well, we can't, I guess we're... <laughs> We need nothing more, um, but they've shifted, and I mean they're still working on hate crimes legislation and work, yeah, uh, workplace discrimination yeah. Um, stuff. But yeah, okay. Well, well, they had the well, they had the Bostic, the Supreme Court mm-hmm. Bostic case this summer, so I think that sort of helps with workplace discrimination. Yeah. But um, it is kind of uh, part of why I wanted to highlight them too is because it is sort of. Um, a scary time i think as far as rights um go because they're coming into question and um some justices have already mentioned um talk of wanting to take back obergefell which is mm-hmm. crazy yeah. um such a great way to end our <laughs> yes bitch <laughs> Burn wait him. here I'll, i have something <laughs> I have something positive. I'll, I'll do something positive, Cut. and then I hope hope you have something positive too. But um, so my sister listens to our podcast, which I think is so sweet, um, and I'd really appreciate, um, especially since she's super busy, um, and we put out so many <laughs> episodes. Um, but she said that uh, sometimes she wants to call me, um, and. I'm frequently busy with like school things or working. And so instead of calling me, she will uh, play one of our podcast episodes to sort of get her like feel of me or interaction with me. Um, And she has since um, just been fallen in love with me and Preston um, and said that she just adores us, um, which I thought was really super sweet. And she she loves to just hear us. giggle back and forth because <laughs> we're children <laughs> we are oh that's funny i love it <laughs> well hello carson sister um yeah my my <laughs> yes bitch is super super tiny but uh work project ended this past week which um just gave me some relief that you know sometimes it's good to end projects it's great to start them but you know, you mm-hmm. start them to end them, and it's nice to end them sometimes. And this was one that I was like, yes. ah, let's end it. Um, and <laughs> it just, it felt good. So, yeah. 
Ah, That's good. Well, cool. Well, I will just remind everyone to subscribe, rate, and review us on the Apple Podcast. And uh, (laughs) with that, I will say goodbye and have a good week.